Okay, praises be to our loving Father that we are able to gather on this very special occasion, which is, of course, the Day of Atonement, one of the Moedim, the appointed times of our Father Yahuwah, which we know points forward to the fulfillment of the work of redemption in the embodiment of our King Yahusha HaMashiach. And so today, we truly offer our thanks, we express our joy, because we celebrate atonement, the forgiveness of our sins, and to celebrate Yahuwah's presence in our life. However, before we even observe this day, we were already taught that we are to humble ourselves. We are to repent from our sins because atonement is all about the forgiveness of our sins. This is why in the days before this observance of the Day of Atonement, we did our best to humble ourselves, there were some who even afflicted their souls and ceased from eating food. But all of us, all of us, we did our best to repent from our sins, to grieve our sins, and to approach our humble maker on this day of the Day of Atonement. Now, why was there a command in the first place to humble one's self, especially on the Day of Atonement? Let's begin our studies here in the book of Leviticus 23, 27 down to 29. On exactly the 10th day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to Yahuwah. You shall not do any work on this day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement on your behalf before Yahuwah your God. If there's any person who will not humble himself on this same day, he shall be cut off from his people. What is the purpose of Yahuwah in giving us the instruction to humble ourselves on the day of atonement? Bible says someone will make an atonement for us. This is why we call this day the day of atonement. Now, what is atonement all about? What is the Hebrew word used here on day of atonement wherein someone is going to make an atonement for our sins? Let's go to the next slide. Of course, we are going to cite the Blue Letter Bible. And the Greek, the Hebrew word used is Hebrew 3722, which is kapar. And the meaning of this word kapar or atonement is to make an atonement or make reconciliation. This is why the Day of Atonement is not just about forgiveness of sins, but also the purpose for why sins are forgiven, the purpose for why atonement is made in the first place, it is to make reconciliation. I wonder if you know, brethren, with whom do we need to make reconciliation with? Of course, it would be our creator, Yahuwah, Abba, because we know that without reconciliation, it is impossible to have a relationship with the one who made us. This is why it's important for us to study all about reconciliation. If you still remember when sin was introduced into the world, when was that? It was during the days of Adam and Eve. And in the Garden of Eden, Yahuwah gave everything needed for mankind. But Adam and Eve, they committed sin. And this sin became problematic as in so far as the relationship between Yahuwah and his creation. This is why there are consequences to sin that we need to be aware of so that we keep away from sin, which ruins our relationship 
with Yahuwah. Now, what were the seven consequences of sin that we find in the book of Genesis? Next slide, please. If you study Genesis, even just chapter three, you know what you're going to find? Genesis 3.16, because of sin, man was introduced to pain and suffering. There was no pain and suffering before that. But because of the fall, because of sin, man now groans and aches. People get depressed and are sad. That's because of the problem of sin. What else? Genesis 3.17, because of sin, creation was cursed. This is why all creation, Apostle Paul says, groans until this very day. What else? Because of sin, Genesis 3.18, there's a need for human beings to toil. You know, there's work that is replenishing, work that is rewarding. However, because of sin, the whole earth is under the curse of Yahuwah, and it requires men to toil, to sweat, to work hard in order to produce food. What else became the result of sin? Death and decay has been appointed. This is why people get old. This is why we decay. This is why eventually all human beings die. Everything is headed towards death. That's a consequence of sin. What else? In number five, Genesis 3-7, it tells us because of sin, what was introduced in the psyche of human beings is something called guilt and shame. And this is the root cause of many psychological illnesses today. What else? In Genesis 3.10, because of sin, people live in fear. And this is more so true, especially during our time. What else? Number seven, because of sin, it has a way of causing people to blame each other, hate each other, and cause uh, sin to spread. This is why shortly after the first sin came the next sin, which was to kill Abel, right? Cain slew Abel. And then afterwards, what happened to mankind? Sin began to grow even more and more corruption, violence, wickedness in the thoughts of men to the point Yahuwah had to wipe out all of humanity except for the family of Noah. So because of sin, people are in suffering. Because of sin, there is death and misery. But not only that, because of sin, what became of Yahuwah's relationship with human beings? Colossians chapter 1 Verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. When a person sins, not only does he reap the consequence of sin, it also ruins his relationship with who? Yahuwah God. Because of sin, Yahuwah God separates himself from man. Not only does he separate himself from man, the Bible says he becomes, he is declared an enemy of Yahuwah Abba. And because sin has to be dealt with, what did Yahuwah Abba appoint because of sin? In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. You know what this shows us? Next slide. It shows us the holiness of Yahuwah God. Many people do not grasp how important this part of Yahuwah is. When people ask us, when we tell people about Yahuwah and we are asked, describe for me Yahuwah, who is Yahuwah? One of the first things that ought to come to mind is Yahuwah is holy. The Bible says, holy, 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 to show us the importance of this aspect 
of Yahuwah Abba. Yahuwah is so holy, he cannot stand the sight of sin. This is why, because of the holiness of Yahuwah, we have to take sin seriously. And not many people today take sin seriously. And the Day of Atonement reminds us that we ought to take sin and how destructive sin is seriously. Yes, Yahuwah is holy, but it's a good thing for all of us. Yahuwah is also what? He is love, right? The two go together. And the more we understand how holy Yahuwah is, the deeper we appreciate what? The love of Yahuwah. You see, Yahuwah wants to restore that relationship. This is what atonement is all about. Reconciliation. But to re for reconciliation to take place, sin has to be atoned for. However, what is required by the holiness of Yahuwah so that he can express his love for his people. Let's read the book of Hebrews chapter 9, 22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There must be shedding of blood. Without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. This is according to the law of Yahuwah. And so according to the holiness of Yahuwah, sin has to be dealt with. This is why there's death and judgment. But for sin to be dealt with, it has to be by blood. There must be shedding of blood. And this is what? The Day of Atonement teaches us. This is why when you look at the Day of Atonement, it is a bloody day, right? There's a lot of blood that is spilled because there is cleansing and purification and reconciliation that must take place. But where does it take place? Where does atonement take place on the Day of Atonement? Leviticus 16 and the verses 2. Yahuwah said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die. For the ark's cover, the place of atonement is there, and I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. And so according to scriptures, when the people of ancient Israel celebrated the Day of Atonement, there was a piece of furniture, sacred and set apart for Yahuwah that was used for atonement. Does anyone here remember what that is called? This sacred, holy, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant. How many here have seen the Ark of the Covenant? Okay. Maybe the picture. We're not talking about Noah's Ark, okay? Noah's Ark is not the Ark of the Covenant. It's different. It's not a boat. This is something else. Where was the Ark of the Covenant placed? All right. I really love it when we have a live audience, right? Because you get a lot of participation. It's inside, right, inside somewhere. The tabernacle. But the tabernacle had two places. The holy place. The most holy. The most holy place. And so it's within or inside the curtain. Inside the curtain, there's one object there. It is the Ark of the Covenant. And atonement takes place in a specific part in the Ark of the Covenant. It's right there. What is that place called? Yeah. It is above, right? Or it is the Ark's cover. The Bible calls that the mercy seat. Next slide, please. This is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. 
um, according to the description given to us by scripture. So that's how it may look like, okay? We don't have the actual Ark of the Covenant. We haven't seen the actual Ark of the Covenant, but this is what was used for atonement. And there's a cover over the atonement. Next slide. That's how it may look like. There's a high priest over there. He's doing something on the uh, on the cover itself. The cover itself is called the mercy seat because that's where atonement takes place. How does atonement takes, take place in the mercy seat? Leviticus 16, 14 out of 15. Then he must take some, some of the blood of the bull, dip his finger in it, and sprinkle it on the east side of the atonement cover. He must sprinkle blood seven times with his finger in front of the atonement cover. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and to carry its blood behind the inner curtain. There he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it, just as he did with the bull's blood. And so how does atonement take place? In the mercy seat or in the cover of the Ark of the Covenant? Bible says there's going to be a slaughtering of animals. And this is why a person during the days of Israel, when their sins needed purification or atonement, there has to be a shedding of blood. And they had to select an animal. You still remember if you were a commoner or a common person, what was required for you to be atoned for? It was like a female goat, right? Without a defect, perfect. On the day of atonement, it covers the sins of the whole nation. And so there are two kinds that is atoned two sacrifices used that were killed or slaughtered, the bull and the goat. The blood is used by the high priest and sprinkles it seven times on the atonement cover, and that will be utilized by Yahuwah for the atonement of our sins. Next slide. And so there's a, many things going on. There are ceremonies that take place on the day of atonement involving the high priest and the sprinkling of blood next slide please so there are basically nine events that take place on the day of atonement number one sacrifice of a bull for the cleansing of the high priest and the family number two you carry the burner and incense which is the first entrance to the most holy place by the high priest number three sprinkling the blood of the bull on the atonement cover which is the second entrance of the most holy place. Number four, the slaughtering of the first goat for the cleansing of the people. Number five, sprinkling of the blood of the goat on the atonement cover. Then the cleansing of the tabernacle, the cleansing of the altar, and the scapegoat ceremony, and then the burnt offering for the high priest and the people. So you can see the day of atonement was a busy day. There was many ceremonies that took place. And its purpose was for the atonement of the people of Yahuwah, the atonement for the place of worship and for the high priest himself. This is why it was general cleansing, general forgiveness. All sins, all sins were wiped clean on the day of atonement. What does this show us about Yahuwah? Shows us that Yahuwah is holy to deal with sin. Yahuwah requires shedding of blood. That is how holy our loving Abba is but you notice in the work of redemption doing the days of atonement long ago there was one individual who was responsible for doing all this right who is that person next slide please it begins with the high priest and ends with the high 
priests. The reason being is in Leviticus 16, verse 7, no one else is allowed inside the tabernacle when Aaron enters it. I want to pause there for a while. Who is this Aaron? Who is Aaron? The high priest. Who is his brother? Moses. Aaron was the high priest. He was the only one who can enter the most holy place. He was the only one who can sprinkle the blood on the altar or, or the, cover, the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, right? But he can only do that once a, once a year. When is that day? The day of atonement. So no one else is allowed inside a tabernacle. When Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony in the most holy place, no one may enter until he comes out again after purifying himself, his family, and all the congregation of Israel, making them right with Yahuwah. And so the one responsible, really, for the people of Israel was the high priest. I mean, what if the high priest messed up? Why don't you think about that? What if the high priest was not worthy? What if the high priest did not memorize what he needed to do? What if the high priest sprinkled only six times, not seven times? What if he was not able to observe and obey the commandments, the regulations regarding the Day of Atonement? That would mean judgment. This is why the people of Israel, they were in a state of, you know, when you're waiting for something, you're waiting for a diagnosis maybe, is it positive, negative? You're in that place of limbo. You don't know what's going to happen next. And there's high intensity, high anxiety. It was like that. The high priest would enter in. Is he going to come out? Because if the high priest does not come out, you know what that means? The high priest died. If he doesn't come out, you know what that means? There was judgment. Judgment on the people of Israel. This is why the high priest had to go in and he had to come out. And so when he goes in and comes out, it means Yahuwah approves the atonement. And people's sins were forgiven. And there was a celebration called tabernacles. This is why the Day of Atonement leads to tabernacles. Can you imagine if one of us was like the high priest today? Boy, right? Would you trust like anyone here to be a high priest? would go in and offer a sacrifice for us. It's a good thing. We don't have to worry about that. Do you know why? Hebrews chapter 10 and the verses 12. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. You know, when Aaron offered the sacrifices during the day of atonement, he had to repeat that year after year after year after year. Because it was not a perfect sacrifice. But the Bible tells us there was a high priest different from Aaron. Different from Aaron. He was of the Melchizedek order. What is his name? Yahusha, the Christ. He became our high priest. You notice what the Bible says? If before the sacrifices had to be repeated, when Yahusha became the high priest, what does the Bible say? Bible says he offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. That's a different kind of sacrifice. What does it mean that he offered himself? Why was the sacrifice of our high priest, Yahushua, so fantastic and great? We no longer need 
to repeat those sacrifices before. Hebrews 9, 11 to 14, when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? What do we have in the explanation of the Apostle Paul? That should be the reason we ought to be celebrating today. On the day of atonement, the Bible tells us something far, far greater than what happened long ago during the days of Moses. First of all, the Bible says we have a better high priest. In fact, we have a perfect high priest who became our high priest, Yahusha, the Christ. Aaron was imperfect. Yahusha was perfect. The son of the living God. Not only that, we have a better tabernacle. The tabernacle used by Aaron was what? Made by hands. This one is in heaven. Right? A different and a better tabernacle. What else? It's a better covenant with better promises. What else? The Bible says what was offered was not the blood of a bull. It was not the blood of a goat. But whose blood? Yahusha's blood. Brethren, we're talking about a huge difference, a bull and a goat, to not just any man, but the Son of God. I want you to process that for a while. Yahusha became our high priest, but he did not use goats or bulls. He offered himself. Was it painful? Yeah. He suffered immensely. But he did that. So he can obtain eternal redemption. Brothers and sisters, Yahushua, our king, became our high priest to offer himself so that we can have a better covenant. Next slide, please. Better covenant because it was done in a heavenly tabernacle by a high priest who is perfect, the son of the living God, with his perfect sacrifice. This obtained for us eternal redemption. And this is why, brothers and sisters, today is a day of celebration and thanksgiving. We thank Yahuwah because he sent his son to become a sacrifice that by means of his blood we obtain an everlasting and eternal redemption, atonement for our sins. But what's the purpose of that redemption? Right? Yahuwah, yes, he gave up his son. Why though? Why did he do that? What did he really want? We have a clue when we look at Leviticus again, 16 in the verses two. We read this earlier, but you notice after atonement takes place, you notice what the Bible says after atonement, atonement takes place, it's highlighted in the yellow. What does it say? I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. Remember, the atonement cover was where? Inside the tabernacle. What Yahuwah Abba is saying to Aaron, to Moses, to the people of Israel, 
At that point, one day out of a year, at that point, Yahuwah will descend and be amongst his people. Can you imagine that? The living God will be in the tent. Yahuwah says, I am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. Before this, when Yahuwah established a covenant with his people Israel, where did he descend to? Exodus 19, 10 to 12. And Yahuwah said to him, go to the people and tell them to spend today and tomorrow purifying themselves for worship. They must wash your clothes and be ready uh, the day after tomorrow. On that day, I will come down on Mount Sinai where all the people can see me. Mark a boundary around the mountain that the people must not cross and tell them not to go up to the mountain or even get near it. If any of you set foot on it, you are to be put to death. When Yahuwah descended to establish a covenant with his people, where did he go to? A mountain. That's a high mountain, Mount Sinai. Have you, have you been there before? How high is Mount Sinai? How high is that mountain? Pretty high. Much higher than a tabernacle. Do you get where we're going to? Do you see what I'm trying to convey? On Day of Atonement, where did Yahuwah go all the way to? Next slide, please. Above the ark's cover. In other words, Yahuwah is bringing himself near his people. Before, it was a mountain. Now, it's right there in the tabernacle on the day of atonement. Yahuwah is bringing himself. And this is what we ought to understand. Yahuwah wants that his people be brought near to him and he near to us. Isn't that fantastic? That's really the purpose of atonement. Yahuwah wants us to be near him, to be close to him. If this happened once a day or once a year, the day of atonement, do you know how much better we have it today? Do you know what Yahuwah did when Yahusha was sacrificed on the cross? When his blood was shed for our sins. Let's read the book of Matthew 27, 50 to 51. Yahusha again gave a loud cry and breathed at his last. Then the curtain hanging in the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart. When Yahusha cried out his last words and he breathed at his last, and he died on the cross with his blood shed because of the torture that he underwent. And he was on the cross that shed blood on the day of his death. At that moment when he cried out his last, what happened? Visibly seen by the Romans. You know what they all saw? They saw the curtain that hangs. What happened to that curtain that separated people from God? Bible says it was torn in half from the top to the bottom. Yahuwah tore it in half because there's something that he is providing for each and every one of us when he gave up his son. What is that? Hebrews 10, 19, 22. We have then, my friends, complete freedom to go into the most holy place by means of the death of Yahusha. He opened for us a new way, a living way, through the curtain, that is, through his own body, we have, such a, we have a great high priest in charge of the house of God. So let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith, with hearts that have been purified from a guilty conscience and with bodies washed with clean water. What was the purpose of Yahuwah 
in giving his son for the purpose of atonement, not just for our sins to be cleansed. He also wanted something else. And if we don't figure this out, brethren, then for us, we're not really fully benefiting from the atonement. There's something beautiful here that I want you to see. And I hope you see it. It costs Yahuwah, his son, for atonement to take place, right? But we have to see why he did it. I mean, when you give up something, it's because you want something out of it, right? Yahuwah gave up his son. For what purpose? The Bible says, so that we can have freedom. Freedom. What kind of freedom? Freedom to a new way of living our life. Freedom through, not behind the curtain, through the curtain. In other words, Yahuwah gave us freedom to be in his presence. For Yahuwah to be in us because of the sacrifice of his son. And so what does he invite us to do? Bible says, come near me. This is why the day of atonement. Yes, it's about atonement. But it's also about an invitation of Yahuwah. What is he inviting us to do? Yahuwah says, come near me. Right? I'm giving you freedom to access his presence. Before, once a year, just by one man, the high priest. Today, Yahuwah is giving his presence to us. Before it was a mountain. Right? Day of atonement. It was where? A tent. A tent. It's getting closer, isn't he? He gave up his son. No longer a mountain. No longer a tent. But where? Brethren, do you get it? We have to get it. Yahuwah wants us to freely experience him. And you might be thinking, why? Why? Let's find out the book of Ephesians 1, 4 down to 8. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. Yahuwah's holy. He wants us to be holy. And without fault in his eyes, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Yahusha Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And here's the answer. And it gave him what? Pleasure. Can you imagine? We being close to Yahuwah gives him pleasure. I didn't say that. That doesn't make sense to me. Because Yahuwah is God who created all things and we're but puny humans, clay in his hands. It does, I don't get this. It doesn't make sense. The love of Yahuwah is incomprehensible. Yahuwah said he did all this because it gave him pleasure. I want you to let that sink in, brethren. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Brethren, our father, Yahuwah Abba, gave up his son. 
because it was his pleasure, get this, to make us his sons and daughters, to adopt us. When did he come up with this plan? Even before we were born. He loves us that much. He gave up his son for us. Do you know why? He, he gave us freedom to access his presence because he will adopt us as his sons and daughters. If you're a parent, are you going to say to your son, are you going to say to your daughter, I want to see you, but only once a year? Are you going to say that to your kids? I mean, if you're a parent and you really love your children, you want to see them every day, right? If you really love your children, you want them to be by your side. That's why he tore up the curtain. No more separation. Because I want you to be my own sons and daughters. That's what atonement is all about. That's what reconciliation is all about. Yahuwah wants us to be near him. Next slide. The day of atonement, yes, reveals the holiness of Yahuwah God. But the day of atonement also reveals the love of God. Yahuwah loves us. He gave up his son for us, for eternal redemption. And when we are his sons and daughters, when we become sons and daughters of God, it doesn't mean that Yahuwah stops loving us. You know, when you love someone, you make a sacrifice, and then you, 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 you forget them, right? Okay, I love you, son, but don't come back. I'll see you next year, okay? Here, I'll give you some money so that you will be cared for. But Yahuwah is different. Yeah, he gave and he paid. Yahuwah gave a great sacrifice so that we can be his sons and daughters. But do you know what it means to be a son and daughter of Yahuwah? Do you know what it means to be a child of Yahuwah God? Let's read here. The book of Hosea 11, 1 to 4. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And I called my son out of Egypt. And so Israel was likened to a child. And this is what Yahuwah wants to do with his children. Take a look. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. You know, sometimes when you have kids, they can be stubborn, right? You have stubborn kids? Parents, raise your hand if, you're, if you have kids who are stubborn. Well, they probably have not been teenagers yet. You know, before they're teenagers, they're like, oh, how cute, right? They hang out with you. You want to be with them. They want to be with you. And then they become teenagers. They become like different beasts, right? They do the things you don't want them to do. And you give them everything they needed when they were growing up. Why are you turning to Baal, <laughs> right? Sometimes we can relate with what Yahuwah God is saying here, right? But look what Yahuwah says. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck and I myself stooped to feed him. When you are a son and daughter of God, this is what Yahuwah God wants to do. This is what he wants to do. If you believe you are a son and daughter of God, this is what he wants. What is it? Bible says he wants to teach us how to walk. He will lead us along by the hand. He will take care of us. He will lead us with ropes of kindness and love. He will even stoop to feed us. This is what Yahuwah wants to do with his sons. 
and daughters. This is why when we think of the love of Yahuwah, next slide, Yahuwah God wants to be present in our life. He wants to be present in our life. And as a parent, we understand this, right? We want to be involved in the lives of our kids. We don't just give them what they need and forget them. No, we give them what they need and then we go and involve our life with them. And it is our wish and desire that they will reciprocate that, that they will involve us. It is unfortunate that the people of Israel, they were stubborn. You know, our ancestors were stubborn, <laughs> right? Despite what Yahuwah did, bending over to feed them, what did they do? Next line. The more I called to him, Yahuwah says, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to images of Baal and burning incense to idols. Isn't that the same case today? Yahuwah wants our devotion, but what are we devoted to? Something else. Maybe not Baal, but there's the image and idol of money, career, education, wealth. There's nothing wrong with obtaining all of that. But brethren, who, who is our focus? What is the purpose of our life? It ought to be to please, to worship Yahuwah, because that's what? He gave up his son for to become a son and daughter whom Yahuwah will love. But the people of Israel, they still, they still were stubborn. Despite the prophets that were sent, they killed the prophets. They still were stubborn. And so what happened? Yahuwah had to discipline them. And so what became of them? They became enslaved. This is why the people of Israel, they were scattered throughout the world. Israel was scattered throughout the world. They were dispersed by the hand of Yahuwah as a punishment for his people, his children. But you know what Yahuwah said to his people? Israel, because of his love. Let's read verse 8. How can I give you up, Israel? How can I abandon you? Could I ever destroy you as I did Adma or treat you as I did Zeboim? My heart will not let me do it. My love for you is too strong. No, Yahuwah is holy. And he's also love. And when you try to balance, it's very hard to comprehend. Yahuwah, in his holiness, he had to judge sin. But even after judging sin and judging Israel, look what he says. What does Yahuwah say? Yahuwah says, can I give you up? If you're a parent and you have a son or a daughter and they did things that gave you shame and you become upset and angry and you even say to them, I disown you. Even after saying those words in your heart, you cannot forget them. Yahuwah God is the same way. He may punish us from time to time. He punished Israel. But even after punishing Israel, even after judging Israel, what does Yahuwah say? He says, how can I give you up? My heart will not let me do it. You see, if you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. You're in his heart. <laughs> you're in his heart forever. And Yahuwah says, my love for you is too strong. This is why despite being scattered, Yahuwah gave the ultimate, ultimate blessing. He gave up who? His son. He wanted Israel to make Yahushua their king. 
But for some strange reason, the people of God, they want to replace the king with someone else. All throughout history, the people of Israel, instead of making Yahuwah king, instead of making Yahusha king, they choose to make someone else, maybe a leader or something else. What did they do with Yahusha? They killed him. Pilate did not want to kill Yahusha. But the Israelites, they cried out again and again, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate was forced to have to crucify Yahusha. You imagine the Savior. The king sent to Israel. They were put to, they put them, put him to death. But there's something about the love of Yahuwah. Love, true love does not give up. That's why even today, the book of Hosea, we read verse 8, let's read 9 to 10. I won't punish you in my anger. And I won't destroy Israel again. I'm God and not a human. Thank goodness for that. I am the Holy One. And we need to remember that always. Yes, he's love, but he's also holy. And I am among you. I will not come against you in anger. They will go after Yahuwah. And he will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will hurry to him. From where? From the west. Yahuwah gave up his son. In his first advent, he entered the world as what? A lamb to die on the cross for our atonement. But he will come back. But when he comes back on his second advent, he will not come as a lamb. He will come as what? King. A lion of Judah. The king of Judah. The son of David. When he comes back. He's going to establish the kingdom. But before he re returns. Before he comes back. What will he do? He's going to roar. You notice the pastor says. There's going to be a roar. Like a lion. But not everyone. Will hear that roar. Not everyone. Will pay attention to that roar. Of the lion, the king of Judah, from heaven. Do you know who will respond to that roar? The Bible is very specific. Who will respond to that roar? This call of the king from heaven. The Bible says, his children. You see, if you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, when our king makes that roar, announcing that his return is imminent, is coming soon. We have to pay attention to that roar. What is that roar all about? It's about making him our king. That he is the Lion of Judah. Many people today reject Yahushua as king. They replace him with someone else. Instead of placing their devotion upon our king Yahushua, they give it to someone else. Not to the true king. But there will be those who will respond to that roar. The first ones is who? Those who will come from the West. Is it a surprise that the assembly of Yahusha emerged from the West in response to the call of our king? And there's a reason why. Why did Yahusha roar? You can say he is the original Lion King, right? 
and he's summoning. He's calling the sons and daughters of Abba. For what purpose? Again, look, they will go after Yahuwah. Those who respond to the king's roar, we will have this desire to go after Yahuwah. We will worship him through our king, Yahusha. This is why next slide, the Day of Atonement reveals the holiness of Yahuwah God. The Day of Atonement reveals the love of Yahuwah God. And because of this love, the Day of Atonement is all about an invitation from our Father. Yahuwah is telling us, I want to be with you. But you might be asking, brother, I want to feel the presence of Yahuwah. I want him to be in me. What must we do? What does Yahuwah want to see in us so that he can be in us? Let's read the book of Isaiah 57. We're almost done. 15, 16, and 18. I am your high and holy God who lives forever. I live in a high and holy place. But I also live with people who are humble and repentant so that I can restore their confidence and hope. I give my people life and I will not continue to accuse them or be angry with them forever. I have seen how they acted, but I will heal them. I will lead them and help them, and I will comfort those who mourn. Yes, Yahuwah descended to the mountain and then to the tent. But Yahuwah says, I am the high and holy God. I also live with people who are who? Who are what? Humble and repentant. Do you believe this passage? Brethren, because of the holiness of Yahuwah, he becomes angry. And judges and punishes his people. But because of the love of Yahuwah, if we are repentant and humble, Yahuwah will be in us. And when he is in us, our confidence is restored. And if we have been afflicted with any sickness or disease, he will, he will, he will heal us. Because he is the God of true restoration. This is why what does he invite us to do? What is the day of atonement all about? The book of James 4, 8 to 10, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before Yahuwah. He will lift you up in honor. Are we stuck? Are we in a bad place? Some of us sick, some of us in desperation. Sometimes when we are stuck in a bad place, we consult professionals, we seek the help of individuals. But the key is, if we want to be unstuck, is to humble ourselves before Yahuwah. When we humble ourselves before Yahuwah by grieving of our sins, repenting of our sins, and making him the Lord of our life. If we humble ourselves, what will Yahuwah do? He will lift us up. The day of atonement doesn't just, it's not just about forgiveness. It's about Yahuwah telling us to do the first part of this verse. Do you read it? Can you read it? What does it say? 
come close and he will come close to you. He's waiting. Yahuwah is waiting for us to go to him. And just like the parable of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son realized he can go to Yahuwah, he can go to his father and say to his father, I will go back to my father no longer as a son, but as a servant. When the father saw him from far away, what did the father do in the parable? He ran. He ran to his son. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us. The Bible says, go to God. Come to God and he will come near to you. That's the message of atonement. Yahuwah brings himself near. He wants us to be close to him. Why? Why does he want us to be close to him? We're almost done. Romans 8, 35, 37. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are all, we are all, we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us, why does Yahuwah, especially now, when the end is near, why does he want the message that he wants to be near us, to be embedded in our hearts, the reason why is because Yahuwah knows what we're going to go through in life, he knows it's going to be difficult in the last days. And we can feel this. Parents who are here. Teenagers who are here. Young adults who are here. No one is spared. Life is tough. Life is difficult. People get sick. People lose their jobs. People have relationships that hurt them. People are betrayed all the time. There's a lot of hurt. And we already know what the root cause is. It's sin. Because we live in a broken world. We're going to have a broken heart. The Bible says. Calamity. Trouble. Persecution. Hunger. Danger. Part of life. And so Yahuwah wants to tell us. He wants to be near us. Why? Because sometimes. And I want you to peace. Please pay attention. When we, when we, who are the sons and daughters of God, when we experience trouble, when we are persecuted, when we become hungry, when we are in danger, there's the temptation to say to ourselves, maybe Yahuwah does not love me anymore. Have you ever asked yourself that question before? Be honest. Have you ever had to say to yourself, maybe Yahuwah does not love me anymore? And if we have ever asked that question, usually it's when we're in trouble, sickness, calamity, poverty, persecution. This is why Apostle Paul said, can anything ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, persecution, hunger, destitute, and danger? And the Apostle Paul gives us the answer. What's the answer? No. It does not mean that because through Yahushua, you have overwhelming victory. What is that victory? 
all about. It's the victory when all is said and done. It's the victory that matters most. There are many victories in life. There's only one victory that truly matters. Victory over death. Victory over sin. That's what it matters most. And Yahusha has provided us that. What's the proof? Apostle Paul says, 32, 34, this is what it says. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us when God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Yahushua died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. If ever we sometimes doubt the love of Yahuwah. If ever, sometimes we ask ourselves, does Yahuwah still care for me? What does Apostle Paul want us to remember? Apostle Paul says, don't you remember? God spared. He did not spare his own son. If he did not spare his own son, won't he also give us everything else? And so be patient. Yahuwah's not yet finished. There's the work of redemption. Yeah. Work of redemption. Atonement is about redemption. But Yahuwah is not yet finished. Yahuwah now is restoring everything. Yes, now there is sadness. Yes, now there is grief because people die and people get sick. But Yahuwah is not yet finished with his work. When Yahuwah is finished with his work, then we will see. We will see. The glorious manifestation of the love of Abba when he calls us his own sons and daughters. In the meantime, while we wait for that day when he will send his son. The Bible says, Apostle Paul teaches, Yahusha, our king, sits at the right hand of Abba. Do you know why? Let's read the final passage of our studies tonight. In the book of Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. So then, since we have a great high priest. Who has entered heaven? Yahusha, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Apostle Paul says, Yahushua is at the right hand of God. And now he becomes our high priest. Not just any high priest, a high priest who understands our weaknesses. And the high priest who invites us to go to him. What is the command given to us? Come boldly before the throne of grace. You know what it means to come boldly? Even if you don't feel like you deserve it, you go anyways. 
Because if we will ask ourselves, do I deserve Yahushua's my high priest? We're going to say no. When we look at our life and our sins, and then we look at the perfect, the perfection of Yahushua, the holiness of Yahuwah, how dare we approach the throne of grace? Bible says, come boldly. Come boldly. Not because we deserve it. Because of the unfailing love of Yahuwah. And the unfailing love of our King Yahushua. That's why you can come boldly. That's the message of atonement. We have a high priest. And he tells us, come. What do you need? Because whatever we need, he will give us the mercy and grace when we need it the most. When we reach that point where we just want to give up, don't give up. Go to your king, go to your high priest. And so before we stand as a congregation, in as much as today we observe the day of atonement, do we accept? Do you believe that Yahusha is your high priest? If you really believe Yahusha is your high priest, and that he gave up his blood for our sake. Why not go to him now? Silently, in your mind, from your heart, go to him and say to him, pour, your heart, pour out your heart to him. Tell him what, what is grieving your heart? What trial and tribulation? is burdening you, everything, come boldly, come boldly, be embraced by him, because Yahusha is telling us, I gave up my life for you, of course, I can help you with that. His grace and his mercy will come when we need it the most. Let us stand and we shall pray. Everlasting Father, we cannot possibly comprehend the greatness of your love. We know you are holy, perfectly righteous. We cannot possibly conceptualize in our mind yes. who you are. Yes. We know you are holy, yes. but we also know you are love. Yes. If it were not for your love, none of us, none of us would be here. Yes. We are truly fortunate. Yes. Before you created the world, you already determined those who will be your sons and daughters. Yes. We belong to you yes. you thought of us before we were even born it is your great pleasure to make us your sons and daughters yes. thank you abba yes. thank you yahuwah for your blessings giving us the opportunity yes. to draw near you we do so now we are aware of our sins. 
We are ashamed of them. We grieve our sins. We will come boldly because of your unfailing love, because of your compassion. Yahuwaba, thank you for bringing yourself near. We need you now more than ever. We need your strength more than ever. Have mercy upon us all. Strengthen us once again, our high priest. Yahusha, you gave up your blood, your life, because you loved us. You stand by the Father. You listen to every prayer ever made. You have authority, heaven and earth. We are truly fortunate. You are our high priest. You understand our weaknesses. You understand why we lose hope sometimes. You understand why we doubt sometimes. You understand why we cry sometimes. But you never give up on us. That is what love is all about. You show that on the cross. You show that now. Reaching out to each one of us. Strengthening our vein because you know we are nothing apart from you. Loving Father, we bring ourselves close to you now. Yes. Accept us as living sacrifices. Yes. We give ourselves completely to you. Yes. Bless our lives and bless the lives of our children. Yes. We understand how much you love us. Yes. When we think of our own children, we will never give up on them, whatever they do. We will take care of them. That is how much we love them. Father, love them. Remember them. There's only one wish, one prayer worth making concerning our children that they will draw themselves to you, yes. that they will love you. They will give everything for you. Yes. They will deny themselves for you. Loving Abba, do not give up on them. Shower your grace upon them. Bless every home. Bless every family. Heal us of our sicknesses. Strengthen our faith once again. Thank you so much for listening to our prayers. We glorify you on this day and every day in our life. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha Hamashiach. Amen. Abba, bless us and take care of us. May Yahuwah Abba be kind and gracious to us. May Yahuwah Abba look on us with favor and give us peace. 
by the shed blood and name of Yahusha, our King and Master, and through the outpouring of the Ruach Kodash. Amen.